This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, come on. What do I got to do? Beg you? Because I will. This is episode number 49. And in this episode, I sit down with Joe Artanis, co-owner of Three Sons Brewing Company in Dana Beach, Florida. Joe explains what went into opening their business after the initial leasing of their building, how owning a brewery is more of a triathlon than just a marathon, and he tells a funny story of how his newly hired dishwasher just up and vanished. Seems to happen more often than not. I get a bunch of subscribers and then poof, they just disappear. Is something I said? Something I did? I may never know, because I can't find those people. But you're here with me now, and you're about to listen to a great episode. So sit back, crack open a beer, and enjoy this podcast, baby. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order Podcast, and today I'm with Joe Artanis of Three Sons Brewing Company in Dana Beach, Florida. Around 1999, Joe Artanis' son, Corey, was stationed in military in Washington State when he caught his first love of craft beer. Corey visited his friend's family in Idaho, and there he found out about the homebrewing process. 2006, Corey headed down to South Florida, and while he was there, he started experimenting with homebrewing and studying the process. He eventually wound up bringing a homebrewed beer to a bottle share, and everyone loved it. A friend even told Corey he needed to do it professionally. He continued to get better and better at brewing and even entered numerous competitions. Around 2013, Corey visited Joe down in St. Petersburg, and Joe told Corey about a place called Brewer's Tasting Room, where the owners helped home brewers to get their beers out to the public and let them know how well their beers were doing. Corey's beer did well, and it was proof that their beer was great enough to go pro. Not too long after, he reached out to the owners of Cigar City to see if he could share some of his beer at their annual Hunapu Day Festival. A long shot to ask for a home brewer, but when they tried his beer, they completely agreed. He continued to pour beers at different events and collaborated with some of the big names in the brewing industry. And after a long time of brewing and perfecting and numerous people asking when he was going to open his brewery, Joe and Corey decided it was time to start looking for a space to open. They finally found the perfect location after a year and a half of looking. They leased a building in December of 2015 and opened officially to the public in March of 2019 as Three Sons Brewing Company. And Joe Artanis is here with me today. Joe, how's it going? Can you tell us a little bit about that uh, from the time you leased it uh, to the time you opened it? What went into that long awaited uh, period of building up the brewery before you opened the doors to the public? When we found the space, uh, you know, the process was to get some design work done. So we hired an architect to uh, start looking at designing the space out. It was a big warehouse. We're in the back of a shopping plaza and, um, we um, hired an architect. We had some issues with the architect and not responding quickly. But the steps that went on till we actually got built out over, it took about three years to finally open the doors were to get the design layout of the space um, and then uh, look at a design of our equipment, go to the city, get documents, uh, construction docs, permits, get funding, all those good things. (laughs) 
took took up that time in that uh, three year, roughly three year period, uh, to opening. Working with architects and all that, as I did construction for many years, it, uh, it there's a lot that goes into it. So yeah, and I actually saw the place when I was down there not too long ago. It actually looks phenomenal for anybody that wants to go see it. It's a beautiful, beautiful design. Well, well thought out. So you opened in March of 2019 after that, that long awaited opening. And then, uh, less than a year later, you had to close your doors for, uh, the whole pandemic. How did you guys deal with that? And what did you have to do to adjust to make, you know, your business keep working? Yeah, it was a, um, definitely a, a, a change with respect to how we treated our business and our overall business uh, plan where uh, from a revenue perspective, um, you know, we were looking at generating more revenue through tasting room. And we had to move uh, quicker into packaging, so um, still able to obtain revenue, however, much lower margins. <clears throat> so we were fortunate enough to have uh, our local community for the one uh just about a year uh, before we had to shut our doors down for COVID, all came out and pretty much supported us. Uh, we never did take out business. Uh, our chef uh, felt our food wasn't, he didn't want to put it in anything to go unless you came and ordered it, took it to go. So we never did any kind of takeout food. So that was a paradigm shift for us as well on the, on the food side. And right. then uh, certainly not pouring beer in a glass and getting them into 16 ounce cans became another you know, logistical um, uh, thing that was ramped up quite a bit. So uh, unlike other restaurants, we were fortunate to have the ability to, you know, to make beer and sell it statewide, nationally and internationally. So, so that really helped, uh, you know, cash flow for during the pandemic. Now, did you have a, a canning line in, in the, actual brewery or was it like outsourced no we yeah we use a mobile canning company okay um, and uh basically uh that's you know that's the way i would suggest anybody go initially before you get into the mechanics of owning a line right uh there's a lot of heavy lifting there so they worked out very well for us with iron heart is who we worked with and they're fantastic gotcha so I know Corey, you know, he brewed for, as I, as I said before in the intro, like there was a, a long period of him brewing and just learning and brewing and then collabing with people and, you know, entering competitions and all that stuff. What was that exact moment that hit where it was like, this is the time to open a brewery. Let's start looking. Um, well, I, being the, kind of the business guy, <laughs> I really needed to get proof of concept. Um, certainly, Corey and my son, uh, which is, you know, there's a dynamic there of, wow, you know, he's my son, so everything's great. Right, right, <laughs> so sure. I had to, I really had to get some of the other, um, you know, some other opinions and, and proof of concept. So I'd have to say um, the proof of concept started coming in when we were at the uh, Brewer's Tasting Room, which... Um, as you mentioned, it's, it was a model where the owners helped homebrewers go pro by putting their beers up on tap uh, for sale. Uh, right. They sold them. Uh, so, uh, and and a number of brewers actually would be there drinking beer and tasting the, you know, tasting everybody's beer. So when I'm watching the crowd and everybody's like, wow, 
it's not just me thinking it's good beer. We've got some people who have palates, and and that was that was the first for me to say, hey, okay, let's let's take a ser- more serious look at this, and uh, and the next step uh, that I uh, discussed with Corey was to, you know, let's join the Brewers Association. Let's you know, let's go to their meeting, which was in Denver. Right. That's like a month later, and that's that's kind of the that was the time where uh, I think it kind of turned the page for us to start looking at this as a serious um, uh, career opportunity for Corey. Right. And how did you guys go about uh, funding the business? So we, um, you know, we we primarily our funding was a small business administrative loan. You know, obviously putting up our assets as collateral, guaranteeing, guaranteeing the loan. Um, so big chunk was there. We did get some some smaller individual uh, funding from some um, some really interested parties that wanted to associate themselves with our brand and their silent partners. Very small percentage, um, and uh, that's that's where the uh, most of the funding came from. Our own out of pocket uh, loans and some some private uh, investment. Right. Corey was around a lot of brewers and uh, brewery owners, and uh, I'm sure you were there too when when opening your business, and they kind of gave you advice. But what was something you never thought you were going to have to deal with when owning your own brewery? You don't know what you don't know, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and there's a lot we didn't know. So owning the brewery, I, I, I didn't realize that it was, you know, it wasn't a marathon, it was a triathlon. I guess uh, I was looking at it more as a marathon. It's like starting any business. Uh, Got to put a little, a lot of time and heart into it. Um, but but the, the brewery and the tasting room, the food, it's it's a triathlon. And I really didn't think the pace was going to be as heavy a pace as as it was. Um, so I would have to say that you know that's probably my uh, my. Uh, biggest surprise is how much heavy lifting there was to getting all of the pieces and parts moving and in place. So we're still running, we're still running in a triathlon. Gotcha. Was it, is it like a, uh, on, like an onslaught of people from the moment you opened the doors? Like, was it, uh, just like overwhelming? Yeah, no, that, you know, that's kind of the fun part, right? You know, you get people coming in, and I know with court, it's always like a challenge. So we have people coming in that they may not like, like husband and wife, or, you know, couples, and one likes beer, the other one doesn't. Right, right. It's like yeah. a challenge. Hey, you never tried this, you never tried that. And, you know, just trying to get people to taste the different styles that are out there today. Uh, but that that's the fun part I, I, I guess I, mean, I was referring more to the challenge being all of the logistically all of the different things that are happening and trying to get it open and keep things running and people in the front like those you know people who come and they have the beer etc they have no idea because everything is behind behind the curtain that's going on and, and you know the show for them is usually good experience good food good beer and you know, everybody's happy. So. Yeah, right. So what do you think, I mean, besides COVID, obviously, and the, the whole shutdown, what do you think is the hardest adjustment you had to make when becoming an owner of a brewery? 
Hardest adjustment for me, um, personally, I would think, you know, it's probably something other people would see as it was this time, um, you know, just maintaining my, my personal, you know, the personal life and how much time you have to really commit, especially in a startup. Right. Um, and, you know, this is a startup where uh, we had absolutely no experience in, uh, you know, if starting a new company and you've got some experience that might be a little easier uh, and, and not suck up as much as much time and bandwidth but um, I, I would say for me uh, the time time factor was more than I had thought I would be um, committed to right just as as just being there and ha- and having to be a part of the uh, brewery most of the times is that what you mean like yeah, so, or just so everything the, as a whole. The adjustment time-wise is just you know you try to maintain a you know your your, your personal life, your you know your business life, and right. your spiritual, and you know just having that whole balance. So so it's it's not just physically being there, but because you go home and you're still working. You know, right. It, it's okay. never never really ends. So so just trying to balance out that factor, uh, which I'm usually pretty good at. <laughs> It's been a challenge and, and a major adjustment, and you know that adjustment is just not for myself, but you know my significant other and and, and other you know family members. So, uh, so that that would be my biggest adjustment. Right. You, you, you know, you just can't. Uh, sometimes you just can't drop it. And uh, speaking of, I mean, how how important is a, a mental break from everything for you, and and what does that look like? Yeah, it's it's critically important. Um, I, I you know I, I'd like to be more regular on a mental break uh, where where it's totally shut down, no business. You know, right. It's penalized if you talk about uh, three sons or beer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, a true uh, breakdown, uh, rather a uh, you know breakaway for for me will be. Going away, just leaving the country. For sure. Uh, COVID, but two years ago, before COVID, I would generally take a trip with uh, my uh, significant other, Connie, who's been my partner here and has been on my side, you know, which is critically important. Um, yeah. and, and we go to Europe, so we're, we're planning that uh, for November. Nice. For a couple of weeks, and, and um, you know, that kind of gets that breakaway kind of brings you back into into the real world of life and uh and we come back and jump back into the saddle of three sons and try to get at least one day a week that we can just not talk about it or deal with it and that's kind of the mental break uh, uh but the major one would be going away and, and getting out of it all together gotcha so what do you think is a quality uh, that you possess that makes you a good business owner? Still wondering if I'm a good business owner. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's what everybody says, and everybody's still in business, so that's good. I hope. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hope it stays that way. <laughs> but I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I feel that as business owners, we wear so many different hats, and depending on how much you can afford, bench strength wise, you know, uh, bringing people on board to help you. Um, those things that we do, we're forced sometimes to do things that are just, you know, you're, you're incompetent doing them. 
but you have you may have to do it or you're just barely competent and uh, you know and then there are areas that you're you know you're a genius and working in that area is where I like to keep the people that I have here and and bring on board to uh, offset some of those deficiencies that we that we have and and bring that person on it's just like hey man this, this is their area of genius so so um, I, I think that's one of the you know one of the things that are really important in running an operation and letting people hiring the right people and then having uh, you know, having those individuals work in that area of genius and recognizing you know the competence competency levels of of your of your workers and then letting letting them go not really micromanaging but still listening in and holding people accountable so I, I think those are some of the things that help in, in management and, and my style is I'm always too sometimes too nice a guy so right it's like hey you know I, I, don't, I don't really I don't really carry a hammer which I think you need that sometimes but then I find that person's area of genius who can just swing that hammer and that's the guy I have working right. so we've been fortunate enough to have you know, have really quality people both on the brew house side you know, operationally uh, and in the, on the food side and tasting room side to fill those, fill those incompetencies that I have gotcha so this is kind of like a, a two-part question. Um, was there a defining moment uh, for you that made you realize the brewery was going in a good direction, that you know that you guys were doing well? And also, how do you define success? As far as the direction, making sure we're meeting our payroll and expenses and having the cash flow is is you know, the defining defining moment and being able to you know increase your working capital and, and and be in a position where hey we can make decisions we can you know if we need to increase capacity we can you know we can go out we can borrow more money or we can buy outright you know additional equipment and that and that's you know that's first part is really important um the success factor i think is you know that's a kind of to me it's like you know, eating an elephant, the success is the elephant, and every little bite is a little piece of success. Um, and, and defining it, there's just just the getting open is, I guess, was success. <laughs> just to open the doors and to build out what we built out, and right. have everything working. And I would say is, you know, certainly uh, a, a sign of success. Making it through COVID. And still being in business, I think, you know, that from a financial perspective, that's certainly a, a sign of success. And, and then having the, the team that we have working with us is, is a tremendous, you know, uh, success factor as well. Bringing the right people on and everybody, you know, getting along and, you know, being happy. You know, it's, it's just, it's really a great environment. So I think that's another, you know, I would define that as success but you know we keep biting away at that elephant and every little bite you know we make sure we you know we get a good bite digest it and we get that done that's another little token of success yeah for sure i know uh cory first got his uh taste of the craft beer world when he was out in washington state what was your gateway beer into the craft world? What was that first beer that you had that 
kind of open your eyes to, oh, this is different? So I, I, you know, I was living up in Buffalo, and most of the beer that I would drink would be like Canadian beer, right? Or you know, Molson, or you know, if I go to Canada, they had a little higher ABV beers there than you would be able to get in the stores in New York. Uh, so I think New York laws, you can have a beer more than in the grocery stores, or whatever, more than five percent or just over four or something. So, but um, Gateway Beer, um, I would. Corey was the one who introduced me to craft beer and, you know, really opened up my palate to the different styles um, of beer. And uh, I guess like trying uh, uh, Wee Heavy and Barley Wine, some of those beers, the barrel-aged beers. Right. Those were my gateway, kind of gateway beers into the real craft beer market. Right. Well, yeah, those are some, uh, those are some great uh, styles of beer to try to open up people's palates, you know, because they're they're not the average uh, light beer. They're they're very, like you said, they're heavy, uh, but they're amazing. Uh, so, what's next for Three Sons? We have a, a couple of um, expansion projects that we're we're looking at. Uh, we're intent back in 2015, um, actually bought some commercial property up in Buffalo, um, which when the pandemic hit, we kind of put everything on the side, which we were going to look to to brew up there to increase uh, some capacity and, and, and work up in the kind of the northeast corridor. Uh, and then, um, yeah, we definitely, our next move is going to be to, um, yeah, we're going to increase some fermentation space in the current location we're at and and we're going to look for some other uh, some other uh, space to build out. Uh, we rent here, so we'll look to buy either a piece of land in uh, somewhere down here in Florida, and probably build out you know another facility uh, and move out of here when our lease expires. Right. So, uh, so that's so increase you know bringing some more equipment in here, some fermenters, uh, probably a centrifuge, and then uh, yeah, we're looking to expand uh, space-wise, another location. Awesome. Well, good good luck with all that. And, uh, yeah, please come up uh, to the Northeast because I live in New York and I would love uh, more access to that beer. <laughs> okay. uh, so if somebody came to you and uh, asked you, for advice on opening their own brewery, what would you tell them? No, oh, yeah, there's a lot there. Well, I think probably the most important thing is a person would need to, you know, not just have the love, but look at investing a tremendous amount of time. Um, you know, it's, it's a major sacrifice starting a brewery and, and, it, and, and surround themselves with, uh, some competent people that that work in their area of genius because you know, it's like the maybe able to make some great beer, but if you can't run a business, or it's like the baker makes a great cake, but you know, can't run a business. Um, right. You really need a lot of people around you. You're going to need a lot of time. If you're married, make sure your significant other is is definitely in the game for the long run. Right. Prepare to run a triathlon. Um, so that's my recommendation. Certainly the, the traditional 
you have to have the right place, location, parking's important, you know, the, the space, but from an emotional, physical part, you know, really need the time, you have to have the, the heart, and, uh, and uh, you know, you have to be in there doing heavy lifting. It's not easy. Right. For sure. So, uh, did you happen to have a funny story for us? You're asking, it's like you got to make you gotta, everything you got to try to make light of funny. But I guess the one thing I can say that just recently happened that I had to laugh about uh, is so it's been a real struggle on the on the food service side okay. to keep people, bring people with uh, unemployment. Uh, here in Florida, they had uh, the feds had the 600 in Florida's top end is 300 up in New York. I think it's 550 or for the state or 600 for the state and the feds at six so down here you get a dishwasher who's making maybe 500 bucks a week um they typically you know were able to collect unemployment anywhere from 800 to 900 dollars a week so it was really hard to find some somebody to work the dish pit and work some of the some of the lower lower paying jobs that are you know paying out you know Right. 14, 15 bucks an hour. So, um, <laughs> so we had, you know, we were going through these trials and tribulations and just like, all right, I'm going to take care. Let me, I'm getting the next one. If this guy gets hired, it's like, yeah, okay. Everybody's high five and we got somebody in there and this guy's a beast. He gets in that kitchen and that dish pit and he's, you know, knocking dishes out and like, I go in the kitchen, I check it out. It's like, all right, hey, good, good job, man. And, about three hours later, I you know go back in the kitchen and listen to so to one of the guys in the back. I, I go, hey, hey, I don't even remember the guy's name. I said, where did, where's the dishwasher go? He said, oh, he 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 just went out he went out for a cigarette break. All right. So you know, twenty minutes later, I said, yeah, where's the dishwasher? Guy never came back. High five, and it's just like, oh my god! So you really have to laugh at just about everything, because then what happened is, you know, you know, I jump in there to do dishes, and I'm just like, what the hell? Right. My corner's in there doing the dishes, and you you just have to step up and do the job, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty tough. But I I have to say that just recently happened, and it it was I I really laugh about that now. Yeah. It's uh, it seems to be a common occurrence, you know. Like my my buddy, he was just telling me the other day, he owns he owns a fencing company. He's like, hey, do you know anybody? He goes, you know, I had a guy show up and he came for about two days of work. On the third day, he never showed up. He left his check here. I haven't seen him since. I can't get in contact with. Him. <laughs> so it's like, like, like I don't know. I guess people don't want to work. Oh, they they rather hang out and do nothing. I don't know, but that's just the way the world is. I I don't get it. Uh, so I have a little segment called Quick Fire Five. Five quick questions, beer related. Ready? Okay. All right. Uh, somebody walks into your brewery right now. What's one of the beers that you recommend they try? Typically, I'll recommend either our Pilsner um, and our and our Amber. Okay. Favorite brewery other than your own? Uh, I have to say. Pelican Brewing out in Oregon. All right. Favorite style of beer? Uh, my favorite style of beer would be 
drink it every day. My favorite style of beer is uh, barley wines and barrel-aged barrel beers, dark beers. Barrel nice. My type of guy. Let me tell you, I just picked up one from uh, Evil Twin in New York the other day, and it is phenomenal. And I, I, I have three left, and they might go really quick. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, barrel-aged, imperial, or both? I think I already know the answer. Yeah, definitely barrel aged, but you know, I, I I don't mind the high ABU. Yeah, most of the barrel aged are are right. <laughs> imperials, but yeah, definitely the barrel aged would be my my. Uh, okay, pick. and uh, you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? It would be uh, our. Ocean Park Pilsner. Ocean Park Pilsner. Yep. All right. Well, Joe, that's all I got for you, man. All right. Well, great. Well, thanks for the time. Hopefully, uh, you know, shared some something of value to somebody who may be listening, and uh, it's very good. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to uh, make this happen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to my interview with Joe Artanis of Three Sons Brewing Company in Dana Beach, Florida. Whether you're passing through, you live in the area, or just visiting a friend nearby, you should definitely check him out. Also, give him a follow on social media while you're at it. Special thanks goes out to Corey Artanis for his military service. We salute you, Corey. Every other Sunday I'll be releasing new episodes, so subscribe and you'll never miss one. Also, check us out on social media for updates on the podcast. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order Podcast. You stay safe out there.